it. I just, I just have been feeling such resistance in the region. But resistance is good because where there's resistance, you know God's about to show up and do something powerful and amazing. It doesn't mean that we put our tail behind, you know, between our legs and we run. It means that we stand firm and trust and believe that God's about to come with something greater. And so um, as, I'm, as I'm feeling this, you know, today's message is called A Blood-Bought Journey. And it was so good because I was sitting here talking to my husband. You know, there's nothing that I can't do with my husband. My husband is amazing to me. He really does help me when I'm struggling or having a hard time. He pours into me, and, and, and it matters to me because he's my friend, not just my husband. And so we're sitting there, and I'm telling him everything I want to release on a Sunday service. And so the Lord puts it in his heart to come up with a blood-bought journey. He's like, oh, I was like, oh, my God, that's so good. And we're, like, having this, like, slap, slap moment, you know, <laughs> to come up with the title. And I was like, that's, that's perfect. That's what I'm looking for. So it, it, takes, it takes multiple people to come up to bring what God wants to do. And it says, um, and so as I'm feeling this resistance, I, I kept running into obstacles. And how many of us have run into obstacles doing what God has told you to do, right? I mean, it's something we all go through. And so I just kept saying, like, I, and I never say this. Like, I never have said this, but everything that would happen, I kept saying, God, I just pour your blood over it, and it's done. That's what I would say. God, I just pour your blood over this, and it's going to be done. And I just said it like, I know it was a spiritual thing, and it wasn't even me talking, but I, it was the Lord, uh, me agreeing with heaven of what he was trying to say and do. And so as I'm going through this process of pouring his blood on things, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to pour your blood over it, and it's a done deal. We're, 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 it's finished, right? And so I'm going through this process all week long, and the Lord begins to, you know, um, when we think about the blood of Jesus, and I remember first coming to know the Lord, and I think one of the first songs that I began to hear, because it's in a lot of songs about the blood, and the Lord was reminding me this morning, he's like, remember that song by Sadie Patty, you know, Via de la Rosa? And I'm like, oh my God, yes, I haven't heard that song in forever. And I started listening to it this morning, and I started remembering you know, about the blood and what it really means and how we can sing about it so lightly, but there's so much power in it. And sometimes we say things so lightly and we don't understand the magnitude of power that is behind it. And so as I started thinking about the blood and how powerful it is and the cost of the blood and its value. And so... So as we're going through our journeys personally, we realize that we have a path that God has set in front of us. Since before we were born, that path has already been set for us. That's a done deal. In Psalms 119.105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In Proverbs 3.6, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. In Psalm 1611, it says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, 
our pleasures forevermore. And so my journey and my path has not been easy. It's been hard. And it's not hard because Jesus made it hard, but because sometimes I make it hard. Sometimes we make our journey and our path hard on ourselves. And it's not the Lord. He makes things easy when we yoke ourselves to him. So then, so I'm thinking about this, and then I found another scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. I think that is key in our path and our walk is that we try to figure things out in our own understanding. That's how discouragement comes in. That's how we get hard on ourselves and we're like, I messed up. I made a mistake. I did this. I did that. Oh, God. And the Lord's like, not on your own understanding. Come back to me. Come back to, to the path that I have set for you, that I have a purpose and a destiny for your life way before you were even born. It's already a done deal. So I had become literally like Mark 1.3. And Mark 1.3, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness prepares the way of the Lord and makes his path straight. And literally, I've been in my office in the wilderness praying for the region here, praying for Ohio, praying for Stryker. And I've been the one crying in the wilderness with my cries out to the Lord and saying, God, I don't understand what you're doing, God. I don't know what this is supposed to look like, God, but I will cry out in this wilderness state for others. I will cry out from my belly that others would know and see the truth of who you are and that unbelief would be broken. You know, I, we watched this movie. We had movie night on Friday, and it so blessed me because towards the end of the movie, there's this little girl, and the Lord, she didn't get healed when they prayed for her, and she was on a wheelchair. And the one thing she shared was that, you know, I've been in intercession and I've been in prayer for a long time for people to take off their unbelief. And I said, oh, my God, here's this young girl sitting in a, 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 in, in a, she's handicapped and she can't walk, and she's sitting in this wheelchair. And I, and I remember watching it, and, and, and I began to weep because, you know, we complain about things sometimes, and they're not even worth complaining about sometimes. And I saw this girl, and, and her, 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 her prayer wasn't, Lord, heal me. Let me get up out of this wheelchair. Her prayer was for the unbelief in Africa. That was her prayer. It was a selfless pay- prayer. And so I'm looking at her, and she's, she's there in the wheelchair, and she says, if, she said, for me to see, they had like this big old revival that broke out there, and people were being healed and changed. And she said, for me to see that was enough for me, that their unbelief was broken, and it left the region, and it was enough for me. And whether I get out of this wheelchair or not, that's what matters to me. And it blew me away. And I'm sitting there, and I'm crying, and I'm like, my heart just connected with her heart because I was like, God, I'll be the one to lay myself down for a whole state, for a whole city, for people that don't believe how valued your blood was that day. And as I'm, as I'm looking at this and I'm, and I'm going through this process, let me tell you, I, in my office, I just become like, I just literally 
release all of me into Jesus when I'm in my office. And I have my moments with him. And he says, he says, you know, and I, I told this to the Lord one day because I was having like this bad day of obstacles, like we all have. And the Lord reminded me, I said, I told the Lord, I said, God, I can't do anything without you. If you're not in this, I'm not in this. It, like, this is the way it has to be. I'm just up front with Jesus, and he knows the way I am. And he reminded me about John 5, 19, and he said, Jesus gave me this answer. Verily, truly, I tell you, the son cannot do anything by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. And so I had to remember that. I had to remember that when Jesus walked the earth, that he had a path, just like we did, just like we do. And I started envisioning, and I had this encounter with the Lord, and I'm sitting there at my desk, like totally a mess, and the Lord begins to let me see his walk. And, it, and my legs and my knees have been so attacked this past week, I, was, I couldn't get up sometimes. And I remember crying out to the Lord, and I said, God, I don't know what this attack is. I don't know what it is. I know it's trying to disable me. And I said, and I know it's not you, Lord. And I said, and you know what? I said, I will get up and I will walk and I will be healed and I will not be sick. And I, and, and I remembered that everybody has their path. And Jesus took me to his walk. And he took me to a time where he went to the man in Bethesda. And, he, and it says, Jesus had just prayed for the man that had been there for 38 years, sitting there at Bethesda. And Jesus comes on the scene, and he tells them, get up and pick up your mat and walk. And Jesus did this on the day of Sabbath, and the religious mindset, they didn't understand it. They didn't get it. Immediately they came and they attacked the very thing that God of heaven, the Messiah they were waiting for, they had no understanding that he was the Messiah. And here they are coming, casting judgment, casting arrows on him, and then, he's, and then they come and they question him. And his reply to that was, I only do what my father tells me to do, and I only go where my father tells me to go. That was his response. And I said, okay, Lord, I said, this journey, this blood bought journey that you have us on this season in our walk with you, God. See, my legs and my feet were getting attacked because it has to do with the walk. It has to do with our path. And it says, you know, I get very excited with the Lord, and sometimes I have to just calm down. <laughs> and I have to just like read because I want it to make sense. I want it, I want you to get it. <laughs> but <laughs> it says, <laughs> you know, I was sitting there and I was so a mess in my office one day, and the Lord is taking me in this thing to show me his walk and his path. And I'm sitting there and I'm taking it all in, and then he tells me, and I, and I remember one moment I said, God, I don't know if I could do this, God, because things here are hard. People here, their hearts are just so stony, Lord. And I'm just being transparent. 
And I said, God, you have to do something. You have to show me, like, I don't know about this, Lord. And then he reminded me of my walk and my path. And he said, do you remember that time when I told you to pack up and move to Alabama? And I said, yeah. And he says, see, you needed that. And you picked it up for a now time. And when I was in Alabama, let me tell you, the people there are amazing. They love without condition. I mean, they will come and they will give you their shirt off their back and not ask questions. They don't come and ask you, what do you need the shirt for? They don't come and ask you, if I give you this, what are you going to do with it? No, they would just come and bless and bless and bless and bless. And whatever it was used for, they didn't even care. Because they loved so hard and so well in that state that it's just so incredible how God had, I mean, there's so much favor that I saw there in that state. And before I came to Ohio, the Lord told me this. He says, greater favor will you experience in Ohio than you did in Alabama. And I said, okay, God. And he's reminding me of this in this process of my walk. And me wanting to retract. And he's like, no, you were made for this. You don't understand. You were created for this moment of your life. This is what I made you for. This is why I spared your life when you try to kill yourself. When you were being suicidal and you didn't want to live anymore. This is why I spared your life. That you would stand there and you would stand firm on the ground of truth. And you would bring forth the truth and the love. And he says, you picked up love in Alabama because you needed to see what a culture looked like that looked like my culture, my kingdom culture. And then I come here, and then it's like, like night and day. And he says, you're there to transform. You're there not to conform, but to transform the region to teach them what love really looks like, that it's unconditional, that it doesn't have limitations, and that you're not going to be questioning every little thing of what his love looks like. And I was just like blown away. For real. So I go, and I'm, and I'm looking back at the whole process of my life from the beginning to now. As the Lord was taking me and showing me his process of his life. And he said, you know, my walk on that day on the Via de la Rosa, it wasn't easy either. And he says, but I kept walking and I kept pushing through and I carried that cross. And as I kept moving, every step was a step that I would take with you. Every move that I made was a move that you would make in your life for your purpose and your destiny. And I was showing you what it was supposed to look like in your own walk, in your own path that I've already destined you for. And I just began to weep because I could see the Lord carrying the cross and what the blood's value was and its meaning, the true, ma- the true meaning of the blood of Jesus and the power with it. And every step he took was a step for one of us. And he just kept going and he says, I couldn't give up, so you can't give up. I didn't give up and I didn't turn around, so you can't give up and turn around. And what you think in the natural, you see. Because I'm a God 
a possibility and a breakthrough and a power. And let me tell you, I could shake a nation. I could shake a nation to come and turn their hearts towards me. He is the only one that turns the hearts of man. He will come and he will soften them and he will harden them because of the reason of encountering him, seeing the real glory, the real manifestations of who he is. In Ephesians 1, 7, it says, In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. According to the riches of his grace. That's one thing I've had to hold on to is grace. When I'm in an impossible situation, I've got to pull grace down and mercy. And I've got to say, God, I can't do this on my own. you got to walk this walk with me. you got to bring me your grace, and you got to fall down from heaven and grace me for this situation. In Acts 20, 28, it says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit had made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Every church, every congregation was obtained with his blood. So it doesn't matter what man wants to do. What matters is that he obtained them already with his blood. They've been bought already. Their journeys have been bought already. Their their victory has been bought already by the blood. And it doesn't matter man's great ideas, man's hurtful things, man's uh, wickedness or evilness that sometimes erupts because none of that matters. And it doesn't matter even if their hearts don't understand God because what happens is that they were already attained under the blood. And that's what the Lord was showing me. Every time I said, it's under your blood, God, because there's nothing more powerful than his blood. It is the only thing that the enemy has no authority on was the blood that was shed that day. He can't say anything against it. Even if he were to try to even try to buck up to even come against the blood of Jesus, he would be pounded back down. That's how much power. It's been paid for and it's finished. I've learned in my life that grace is not something of a ticket to sin. But grace is something that helps us to push through when we're struggling and we're having a hard time. People misrepresent that word. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Smith Wigglesworth was such an amazing, he was from, he, he was from Britain, and he had such an amazing ministry of healing. And every time that he would go minister somewhere, he talked about his flaws and things that he was having trouble with and things that he had encountered of some struggling issues in his path and in his journey and his walk. And then all of a sudden, God would walk in. 
and the blood would come with Jesus. And then there was power to heal, and there was power to change things for the people in a region. And I told the Lord this morning, I said, if I have to look like a fool for you, Jesus, then I'll do that. If I'm a mess on the floor, if, I, if my hair is not all dolled up and my clothes don't look, they're all a mess, I'm okay with that, Lord. Because you know what? In my weakness, in my weakness, I can boast about your goodness. In my weakness, that's where the power's at. And so many times people don't understand that when they become weak with, and transparent with their own struggles to one another, that they're saying that the blood wasn't worth that. And it was. It was paid for. It says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works. Doesn't that sound like the religious? So that no one may boast. I'm so sorry for you preachers out there that boast about this and that because it's Jesus. It's Jesus who gave it to you. It's Jesus who graces you to even be on a pulpit. It's Jesus who allows us our positions and our giftings and everything we have. It has to be brought back to him, laying it at his feet. Coming and giving your gifts back. Why does it say we lay down our crowns? We lay down our crowns because it belongs to him, the crown. We didn't do something spectacular to get this crown of the Lord. We come and we lay it back down for him because then he empowers us. He comes in and he shed his blood, his blood for us that we can be empowered and we can come with power now to pray, pray healing over people, to prophesy to people. To have a voice to even speak on as an ambassador on his behalf. Yeah. It's not us, it's him. Amen. James 4, 6, it says, but he gives more grace. <laughs> That's something that I have learned. We have a limitless grace. And it says, therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. It's time that we humble ourselves unto the Lord, not unto men, unto the Lord, that we humble ourselves before him and say, God, this is all yours. Every part of it belongs to you. Every part of my ministry, every part of my gifting, it belongs to you, Lord. It's not me, Lord. You allow me the opportunity to step into the ministry and to do things on, on your behalf, but it belongs to you. And then here comes more grace. Let me send out some more grace so you can do the next assignment, the next thing that I have for you that you think that you're not strong enough to do that you think that you're not in a place to do it. Let me send some more grace, and it's limitless. Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us then be confident and draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. I don't know about you, but just watching just a tidbit of a Facebook or the news we are in a time of need. We are in a time of need and desperation as a nation. We are in time of need. 
that we need Jesus the most. And the more that I keep hearing about the decisions that are being made in our nation, the more that I keep saying, God, because you're going to show up and you're going to show off. And your power is going to be so magnified in a, such a place of darkness that it's going to illuminate the nations around the world to know who you truly are when this thing breaks and it busts through. Because what does it say? Everybody will fall down on their face and their knees will bow down to the one and only Jesus and God. That's what the word says. And so I'm sitting here, and, I, and, and this morning I'm sitting here in the presence of the Lord, and I'm like, I start going through this encounter with the Lord, and I become a mess. And I haven't become a mess in a while. And I just want to make sure that I represent the heart of Jesus this morning. And I was sitting there, and I, I went to this woman's retreat years and years ago. And I'm telling you this story because it connects with previous Sundays we've had dealing with the shaking and the shifting. And so I was sitting there, and I went to this women's retreat, and they're very, like, they do, like, really amazing outward things to look like what it would have looked like then. And so Jesus is on the throne, and I'm the type of person like, you go, no, you go, come on, just go, just go. And I ended up being the last person that night. And it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I remember walking upstairs that looked just like these. And as I walked up, I fell to my face. And I remember as soon as my face fell to the ground, I could feel and hear the shifting and the shaking of heaven happen. And I remember that in the natural, there was such thunder that happened in the natural. I'm in this industrial building, and the shaking comes and shakes the whole entire building with the thunder and lightning in Houston, Texas. And I'm like, oh, my God. And everybody that was there at that moment had no choice but to fall on their face and praise the Lord. It was almost like Jesus himself had come on the scene and shaked and moved some things. And we had no control over it but to lay our face down on the floor and submit to whatever the Lord wanted us to do. And let me tell you, when that shaking comes on this nation, when that shaking comes on other nations that, know, that don't understand the power of the blood of Jesus, they're going to know that day when the shaking and the shifting comes because their spirits are going to be awoken and they're going to know who the true God really is. And it has power. So I'm coming and I'm seeing that and all of a sudden I'm taken into heaven and I'm walking with the Lord on his path on Via de la Rosa. And I'm walking and walking and, I'm, and I'm, I can see the Lord and I can see the struggle. And I can see how he kept getting up. And he would fall, and then he would get up. And then he would fall, and then he would get up. And the Lord said, isn't that a depiction of what happens to my children sometimes? Don't we fall sometimes and we fall short? But the point is, is that he got back up. And it's time for some of us in here to get back up. 
And so I'm seeing this, and as Jesus comes, and I see him walking toward the cross they were going to place him on, they put this robe on him and made funny, uh, fun of him and mockery of him, and they put the throne, the crown of thrones on him, and they made fun of him. They thought it was this big old funny thing that they did. And all of a sudden, the thunder came and the shaking came that day. And things split open. And the ground shook. And let me tell you, I guarantee you, when that happened, everybody was on their face again. And I believe that that day, the Lord awoken a lot of people. He woke them up from their sleepy state because of the thunder and the lightning that happened. And what he said at the end, it said the scriptures were fulfilled. It said the scriptures were fulfilled that day and that, that it was finished. That it was finished. And I began to ask the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, what does this even mean? And he said, well, he says, what it means is that it was finished for your walk too. It was finished for your journey too. It was finished for everything that you were incapable of doing. It was finished. Because I kept getting up and I kept going towards the cross. And so I'm here in the natural. And I literally, Roland Buck has this amazing story that he tells in his book. And the Lord began to remind me of that this morning. And he talks about how when Jesus left this earth, he went to the heavenlies to be at the right hand of the Father. And when he got there, he was full of blood, and his garments were full of blood, and he had the thorn of crowns. And the angels began to come out to take off the old garments. And the angels came and took off the old crowns that they made mockery of. And all of a sudden, they came and they clothed them with the righteousness that was rightly his because he kept getting up and he kept pressing through. And then they came and they crowned him with a real crown from God and not the counterfeit and the fake stuff that the people crowned him and clothed him with, that it, was, it didn't mean anything to him until he got to the heavens. And I'm sitting here this morning, and I began to feel the angels around me in the atmosphere and I can hear their, their words coming out of their mouth, and I can hear the angels talking. And they began to tell me, will you become broken for the people of this state? Will you become broken just like Jesus came broken and became broken on the cross that day? Will you come with your brokenness? Everything that you think you knew, would you come with your brokenness to let me reclothe you and recrown you the way you're supposed to look like? That you have victory in your journey that was bought with this blood that is so powerful that you're going to win this thing. Ohio will be ablaze. They will know the heart of the Father, and they will have their breakthrough. And at that moment, I understood 
It was never about me. It was about him. It is about him. And it doesn't matter how broken or how many times I want to get up. I want to give up or I want to fall on down to the floor because he comes and he picks us up every single time. That's how powerful the blood was bought. That he'll come in and he'll pick you up when you can't pick yourself up. When you don't want to go on any further, he'll come and he'll, he'll pick you up like, like he picked himself up that day that he carried the cross. And then he comes in and then after he does that, he clothes you with righteousness. He clothes you and makes you right standing with God. And then he crowns you as the king and priest that you were always called to be. And there's victory because it is finished. Every destiny, every purpose was wrapped up in that cross that day. It was wrapped in, in the blood. So I'm telling you, whatever it is that's keeping you away, whatever it is that's stopping you to walk your path. See, I can't walk your path for you. Pete can't walk your path for you. You have your own path. You have your own journey that you have to walk out. And nobody can do it for you. But every time you want to give up and you, and you fail and you make a mistake, God comes and he picks you up again. And you come with your brokenness before the Lord. And then he comes and he heals every wound. He comes and he heals. You know what? He gets that same blood that was shed and he puts it in the parts that you were hurt in. He comes and he puts it in your heart. And he comes and puts it on, on your back where you were totally battered just like he was that day. Every cut and every wound that he received that day. That's how we feel sometimes in ministry. And the Lord said, I'm going to come and I'm going to get my blood and I'm going to smear it on you. And it's going to be instantly healed. And I'm going to come and get my blood and put it on your heart. And, and I'm going to heal that heart. And I'm going to soften the heart. And it doesn't matter what was done in the past. Jesus never cared about the sin of the people. He cared about their heart. That's all he wants is our heart. But when we be become broken before him, not knowing everything, not having the answers for everything, but when we become broken in front of him, that he will come in and clothe us as kings and priests for his kingdom. And it's for his glory and for his honor that we get clothed with the righteousness. That's a blood-bought journey with power, limitless, beyond measures that comes and shakes nations to be awakened to who he truly is. That's the kind of God we serve.